welcome to Warshaw Bursting Perspectives, our continuing series of podcasts to help you understand key issues at the intersection of business and law. Today we will look at restaurant leasing in New York City with Kevin Herson, partner at the New York-based law firm Warshaw Bursting. I'm Tom Merriam, and Kevin has represented more than 75 restaurants in their leasing needs throughout his career. It includes some well-known restaurants like Cote Basque, Lutece, Dirk Candy, and Sushian, among many others. And we're doing this from Pescatori here on the east side of New York as well. So we give it a real ambiance and a real flavor. And Kevin, why don't you begin by telling us the different types of leasing? Well, um, thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. Uh, there's three different kinds of leasing um, uh, programs, basically. When you want to uh, uh, get into the restaurant business, you either um, lease a vacant space, and there are certain uh, con- concepts and, and um, variations that go along with a, a totally vacant space, or you lease a, a, a space that was previously occupied as a restaurant, and there you have some... Uh, air conditioning and some fixtures and some then the layout and the kitchen and so forth so there's some benefits there and also some uh, issues that you have to deal with and the third uh, way of getting in the restaurant business in New York is to purchase an existing ongoing restaurant so I'd like to talk about first uh, uh, leasing a vacant space in, in New York there the most important thing is to find out whether you can even occupy that space as a restaurant so you would want to work with your architect to uh, make sure the zoning allows your, uh, you to have a restaurant on that space and in that building. And then once you've determined that the zoning allows the restaurant, you want to check the building department records to make sure that the, the use is permitted in that building. So the zoning covers the area and the uh, building department will cover the use chosen by that building. And if you're if if one of the one of the uses is restaurant, then you're you're in good shape. Or if it's a use group use group six, then you're in good shape in New York City. So once you've cleared that, and you can make sure that you um, you can actually operate there, if you once you build out your restaurant, then you, um, you 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 work with a broker or you or or not, depending on who's got the property. If it's word of mouth, then you um, you've, you've, you've avoided the broker issue if there's a broker then you have to be uh, very clear that you're not paying any brokers commission and that the landlord is uh, taking that full burden but once you've gotten through the um, who's representing you you want to negotiate the terms you don't want to just be hit with lease and have a lease thrown at you and say figure out what the terms are you really want to negotiate the terms with the landlord in a very particular way you want it uh, to be, again, particular and comprehensive. Obvious terms are rent and the term. So, you know, how much is the fixed rent going to be? How long is the lease going to be? So typically a restaurant lease will be 10 years and the fixed rent will be uh, a stated amount, which will increase annually. Oftentimes in New York, it's uh, probably 2.5% to 25 to 3% annual increases on the fixed rent. Uh, the term, as I said, a 10-year term, but very often you, you want to negotiate a five-year option. Because if you're going to put a lot of money in, especially a vacant space where you're going to make a large investment of capital, you want to make sure you have a, a long enough term to recoup that capital. So you get a 10-year term, you get a five-year option. 
it's very difficult to get the landlord to agree to a fixed rent during the five-year option so very often you are um, you're faced with coming up with a calculation in the say the ninth year of the original term to figure out what the fair market value is in a fair way rather than just having it dictated to you by the landlord but an objective way to figure out the fair market value of the rent for the five-year uh, term uh, option term so you very often you 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 will go have a sort of an arbitration process or or you have a process where the landlord will uh, give you his estimate and you'll have a period of time to come back negotiate if you can't negotiate you can choose real estate uh, advisors you choose one landlord chooses one things like that so those are the the basic issues on rent and term there's also additional rent concepts uh, that that you have in New York City and they're typically real estate tax escalations so the building it has a has a real estate tax component and the landlord has decided that a certain percentage of that real estate tax increase should be allocable to the restaurant so you fix the base base year at say 2017-18 for because it's July through June in New York City and then you will pay as the tenant increases over that base year period so if you're 12% but uh, for example, and the uh, in the taxes go up a hundred thousand dollars, you have a twelve thousand dollar additional rent bill at the end of that year. Um, important things to know there is, especially in vacant space, if you're going to do a massive build out, very often, and and the landlord's going to be getting rent that he wasn't otherwise getting in in numbers that are are much more significant than he was previously getting for the space that in and of itself can drive the real estate taxes up so you want to try to be cognizant of that and maybe uh, push push it out a bit if you can for the base rent uh, the base tax period or um, if you can limit the increases uh, in any particular year or, or, or a certain percentage overall you'd be uh, you'd be very smart to do that because you're going to be adding a lot of value to the building which translates to real estate taxes just a reminder that you're listening to washaw bursting perspectives the podcast of the new york law firm washaw bursting we're discussing restaurant leasing in new york city with kevin herson partner of the new york-based law firm washaw bursting and we're doing this at the side restaurant pescatori and kevin you've just been talking about the leasing a vacant space situation how does it differ when you're leasing a previously occupied restaurant well, a lot, of, a lot of the issues are the same, of course, once you get into the nitty-gritty of the lease, Tom, but the, it's in the beginning where you have to be careful. In a, in a, as I said, in a vacant space, it's vacant. You have to decide where the kitchen's going to be, where the water is, where all the ventilation is, how it's all going to be laid out. The, uh, the, if, you need, if you're a bigger restaurant, over 75 persons, you have the second means of egress. You have to analyze all those things. In a previously occupied restaurant where there's an existing ventilation system, where there's an existing kitchen, some fixtures, you have, um, you have some, something to work with. And you bring an architect, an engineer, they'll analyze the equipment, they'll analyze the ventilation system, they'll see how much is usable by the existing restaurant. And the landlord uh, presumably has these things free and clear from the prior tenant leaving them. So you you also want to make sure there's no liens. So you do, do a lien search on the on that 
on the equipment and the and the name of the prior tenant and the landlord. But uh, so you, you, you really, you're, instead of just dealing with uh, a totally new space where you lay it out and, and you're, you have no uh, organization, you have to design it all yourself, you have a basic design, you have ventilation, you have a location of kitchen, you have gas at, at certain locations, you have water at locations. So it, it, um, it makes things a lot simpler and it's a, a lot less costly. Um, and so in terms of going, getting back to, uh, I mean, the similarities are that where, where I was before in terms of um, additional rent, you know, where I indicated there were real estate tax escalations, there are also operating tax escalations. So the landlord will look at the, at the expenses of running the entire building. He'll come up with a percentage for the restaurant, 12% again, and he'll say, here are my operating expenses in 2017. You have to pay your 12% of increases over those operating expenses. So again, if the operating expenses are $100,000 in the base year, and there's a there's a uh, $100,000 increase, double, then you'd have a $12,000 bill. So you want to work all those things out in the in the term sheet. The security deposit, how many months security? Do you have if it's a three months? Do you have to keep it current so as the rent increases? You uh, you have three months always of then existing rent. Personal guarantees. There's two types of personal guarantees. A full guarantee where you just sign on personally to uh, guarantee every aspect of the lease, the payment for the entire 10-year period. Or there's a limited guarantee, and commonly known as the good guy guarantee, where the landlord really wants some notice and he wants to get the space back. He wants you paid fully up to the date you give the space back and you guarantee all of those things up to the date you give the space back the payment of rent to that point you will lose a security deposit the, the corporation will and the corporation will remain fully liable on the lease but the personal guarantee is limited up to the point where the space is returned to the landlord and rent additional rent is paid up to that point that's an important point obviously you want to have as limited a personal guarantee as possible. Assignment rights are very important, Tom. The, uh, you want to be able to sell this restaurant someday, uh, possibly, and if you don't have a right to assign it to a buyer, then that takes the value out of your restaurant. You have no trading capability. Uh, the use clause, of course, is important. If you can get a, as general use clause as possible, you don't really want a you know Turkish you know, vegetarian restaurant only, because if you want to assign that property in the future, or sell it, or sell to a different a restaurant for a different use, you want to have that flexibility. You don't want the landlord to hold you up on that. Um, rent abatements are, are important term to get nailed down in the letter of intent, Tom, because you're going to need some time, and you do the best you can, but you're gonna, if you're building out vacant space, it's a, it takes a long time, a lot longer than it would take previously occupied. So you need some time to get that space built out, get the approvals for the building department, and you don't really want to be paying rent during that time when you don't have any income coming in. In addition, uh, Tom, you, you can't run a restaurant without a liquor license, and that process is arduous in New York and could take up to, to, to five, six months to get a liquor license from filing. A reminder that you're listening to Washaw Bursting Perspectives, the podcast of Washaw Bursting. 
We're talking today about restaurant leasing in New York City with Kevin Herson, partner at Washoe Burstein, and who's done over 75 restaurant leasing transactions during his career. And we've talked about two types, leasing a vacant space and also leasing a previously occupied restaurant. But what about purchasing an existing restaurant? Uh, you know, purchasing is a, is a whole, whole other world, of course, because you start to get beyond leasing. You're getting into... Um, Really, you're getting into uh, a, a, an asset purchase because it's very rare you would buy the stock or the uh, LLC membership interests. It's just too too many tax um, traps in that. But so, you, typically, you would buy the assets of the restaurant. So you're buying the the lease, and you need to take that lease by assignment, and the landlord has to consent. You will buy the uh, the furniture, the fixtures, the equipment, and you need to make sure those all of those things are, are free and clear of liens and encumbrances. Um, you will need to get a liquor license approval, so if you're buying those assets and you're going to be buying them at a new entity, you need to get liquor license approval, which means you have to go to the community board and you have to uh, work through that process and file the SLA. So it's, a, it's an asset deal. It's a leasing deal because you need the, probably an, an amendment to the lease to get the extension period or some uh, maybe some aspects of the lease that are uncomfortable. And it's also an administrative law issue because you need to go to the, to the liquor authority and go to the community board and work through that process. And there's usually a financing piece too, Tom, that's in a, in a, uh, a restaurant purchase. You know, if it's a million dollars, maybe you work out with the with the seller that you'll pay four hundred thousand dollars up front and six hundred thousand dollars over a five-year period, based on notes um, payable on, uh, on certain terms, interest rate, so forth. So there's a a lot more um, to worry about in in the acquisition of the restaurant uh, rather than going in and, and leasing a new space, either vacant or previously occupied. Kevin, how much different is it to lease a restaurant in New York City than it is elsewhere? Well, I mean, New York City is just very complicated, Tom. The, um, the building department is not like a little, uh, you know, Main Street village where you walk in and, and you bring a cup of coffee and you say, hey, I'd like to open up. You know, this is massive uh, 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 bureaucracy. So you have to work through expediters, architects, you, ha uh, you have to expect delays. Construction is no easy uh, task in New York City, Tom. It's not like you can just you know, drive a truck down Main Street again. You have little narrow streets. You've got to go down the village. You can't do uh, certain work during, um, uh, during, the Chris during the holiday season. Con Ed won't even open up new gas lines during that period because they don't want to have trucks blocking the streets during, I think, the period like from, from uh, basically from November 1 to January 1 is a, is a period where you can't even get a new gas line. So there's a lot of complications here in New York that are, are different than any other uh, city. Well, thank you, Kevin Hurston, for sharing your knowledge and insights about restaurant leasing in New York City on Washoe Perspectives. And also a big thank you to Pescatory, where we're recording this episode. It's located on 2nd Avenue here in New York City. And, Kevin, how can our listeners reach you if they want to learn more? Uh, they can contact me at Warshaw Burstein. I'm at uh, khurston at wbny.com. And uh, they can access this 
podcast on obviously on my website and uh, there are, are uh, there's a lot of other information dealing with restaurants and leasing and liquor licensing that you can find on our website and I'm happy to uh, to speak to anybody who, who uh, wants to chat and the website address is wbny.com and you can also hear all Warshaw Bursting Perspectives podcasts there as well as learning information about the Warshaw Bursting Law Firm thank you for listening I'm Tom Merriam. Thank you.